Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Today, we are going to continue, and then we're going to end a little differently than we've ever ended, and I ask that you don't take off. It's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to make you do anything so far out of your comfort zone that it reveals too much. Nobody's going to come touch you, um, <laughs> except for Samantha, and when you, if you hug Samantha because you haven't seen her in two months, don't wrap your arm around her and put your hand on her wet tattoo with actual skin coming off a little bit. It's not good. Because um, I did that. But who's Miss Sam? There she is right there. I've missed her. She's back. We'll have to let you get up and share your stories about where you've been. So, amen. All right. So, at the end, though, we're going to let you do, it's called, who, Who's Ever Practiced Lexio Divina? Raise your hand if you've ever tried this. All right. Well, we're going to do it together as a team. Um, what it inspires and encourages you to do is believe that when you read the Word of God, you can actually have a conversation with Him. It's not just a stagnant reading of info being transferred. So, But first, I want to read you, John. Um, actually, not. I want, to, I want to recap. The pots are in the back. For those of you that don't know, prayers of the season are back there. If you're having a prayer or want to pray for any of them or committed to pray for any of them, we ask that you would just write out your prayer. Um, and put them in the bowls corresponding to what the need is. Does that make sense? Everybody just look back there to the silver bowls. That's where all of them are. And there's a, if, if you don't read English well, we'll have somebody help you. But it's corresponding to the bowl, paper, pen. Super easy. Um, and as we go in today, we're continuing spiritual disciplines, which for a lot of people, they come from uh, a charismatic movement. Spiritual disciplines just weren't emphasized. It's not a big deal. It's more about kind of, you know, the preacher having kind of the word and worship and uh, maybe just kind of topical stuff that whatever's kind of for the moment, which is, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what God, spiritual disciplines for this year is a big deal to us because we felt like God was saying it's time to grow and we wouldn't be satisfied if we had a ton more people, but we would love to see actual spiritual growth 
in people's lives. So the only way to really share on Sundays about that is to talk about some of the disciplines that, that help create a space for spiritual growth. We've already talked about meditation, prayer, and fasting. And so today we're going to talk about study. And study is massively important in the spiritual disciplines. It is huge. Um, and so we're going to get into kind of some of your thoughts about the Bible. Some, I want you guys to know that this is a space you can be honest in your struggles with the Bible. Um, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, and the reason we're trying to do the discipleship-related stuff is because, like the 50-year-old prayer that we just had, we really believe God is going to continue to bring people like he's brought them, not to just bring people so that the equipped can help equip. And so we kind of feel like all of us are pastors and that all of us have a responsibility for the call, the Great Commission, and to take the gospel. And so we would love it if you knew how to lead someone to Christ. And we would love it if you knew how to pray for someone who needed prayer. And we would love it if you could help someone learn how to listen and get out of the busyness. We would love it if you could sit down with somebody who never read the Bible and say, here's, here's, really, here's a good entrance to reading the Bible. You know? And we would love it if you knew that that was important. You know, that's a big deal. And so I want to read you John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. I have a more in-depth message on this that's on the podcast from about five months ago. And I think it's, it's called either Word or Spirit Word Community Interplay. But look back and um, you can find it. it's a little deeper. This is more about study and for us right now. So I'm going to read you John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Father, today we just ask that as we talk about the Word, we just want you to Make it approachable. Debunk some of our views that keep us distant from it, God. Help us to realize where we are in relation to a culture that doesn't value study, that doesn't value patience. Help us to look at this in a way that we see the voice of the Savior saying, come to me, all who are burdened. And let us see the word wooing us with things like your Savior leads us to him through kindness and uh, i came not to condemn the world but to love it help us to read scripture through this lens of jesus that says come after me i'm coming after you i want you and and i want you to want me and that was cheap trick in a prayer so i want you to want remember that okay i just had to say that i need you to See, this is the stuff I cannot listen to on podcasts. I listen to that, and I'm like, you are an idiot, Josh. <laughs> All right. All right, so today is Scripture and study. Really big deals. The goal of Scripture and study is that we would help, this would help us have a picture of Jesus and help us begin conversations with Jesus. Most people do not know how to study. Um, and here's one of the biggest reasons why and one of the most disappointing reasons why. If you ask most pastors or churches, they will unashamedly tell you that Sunday morning is for the lost. And while that's, it sounds great, and that's why we have some really massive churches, 
um, it doesn't really work out that well because people need the deeper stuff to grow. And so the topics in those, and I've been very guilty of this in the past, the topics in those are very surface-oriented topics, very almost like, almost like you're fishing, because the Bible says that, here's a couple concepts that you can latch onto. But the problem with that is because those concepts are so light, you keep having to come back to that for more. And so I think this is one of the reasons why podcasts are really a big deal now. Not that all podcasts are bad. I think there's some really quality stuff out there. I think this is the reason why a lot of churches pick out one thing and, think, and they build their whole theology around this one part that maybe shouldn't be the emphasis. And I think it's why we have a lot of people still drinking milk when God's like, you need some meat, bro. You need some meat. And the trick with that is not finding a person who's better at giving meat as much as knowing you are scavengers for meat and hunters of the word wild. That just happened. You can, you can go into your word and find meat on your own. And so that's why we're going through Sundays where we show you, I'd rather you know how to read the word than tell you what I'm getting from it. Amen? There will be moments where God speaks to me and I need to speak a word to you and I'm going to do it. I've done it. I love it. I love doing that. But if all of you know how to read the word on your own, it's better than anything else that can happen. Here's a, here's a, huge, um, here's a huge truth that we wouldn't talk about. A lot of the people in this room still do not know how to read the word, do not like the word, would rather not read the word. It, it, it's almost repulsive. Um, it reminds them of negative theology, and it reminds them of bad experiences, and so they just don't even approach it. It's, that's just truth. Who would, who would agree with me that that's probably true for a lot of Christians today? Raise your hand. Everybody else is like, you crazy, bro. It's true. I've been guilty of it. I remember when I kind of got radically saved. Oh, this is going to sound bad the first time, but it's not theologically correct, but it's what happened with me. I really wanted the Lord, and I, you know, I was like, man, I need to buy a Bible got to buy a Bible. The Bible's massive the first time you start looking at it. It is massive, and the pages are made of things that don't even come in other books. Thin pages that, so I went to the store, and I bought a Bible, and I bought a Bible cover. They're not even cool. Who bought a Bible cover? Who has one in here today? That's what I thought. Thank you. And doesn't care. Um, I bought a cover, and I was like, man, I got my own Bible. It's like the guy who buys the workout DVDs. That's not going to do them. And they're like, <laughs> like, I got these DVDs that I've never done. So the Bible for me, I bought my stuff. I had it. I knew it was important, but like, it was like that. And so my version of Bible reading for the first portion of my life was like the finger pointing stuff. You guys remember these moments where you're like, God, you just speak to me right now. And like, it never, ever works out. Like, let's just do it really quickly. God, speak to our church right now. Here comes. The king of Egypt made Eliakim a brother of jo Johaz. See, it doesn't even work. Like, <laughs> but I did that for my first three years in ministry. And the, the, the one out of 200th time that I got one, I was like, God, you really do speak like this. You know, like, <laughs> you don't care if I understand what this whole book means. You just want to speak to me. I don't even need to read the Bible, bro. It's not true. I'm super incredibly thankful that I went to seminary and it wasn't bad for me. It didn't make me a religious, 
zealot. It didn't make me hate people who wanted to listen to the Lord. I really love that I joined this class with Dr. Johns, Dr. Cheryl Bridges Johns, who I think is a, a prophet in our generation speaking into kind of existing structures and existing man-made structures about the future of the church. And she did this class called Inductive Bible Study that I would have never done. And the idea behind it was you take the whole book of Mark. We read the whole book of Mark in one sitting. Then we read the whole book of Mark again in one sitting. And then you break down. Not, don't read where your Bible tells you it's broken. Take out all that stuff. Where is it breaking for you? Now let's figure out what the context is. A whole course on this for one book. And it changed everything about the way I thought about Scripture. It's, a, it's something that I never would have done before that. And for you guys in this room, just being honest with yourselves, Probably most of you have never done that type of word study, Bible study. The sadder thing is maybe a lot of you haven't even done a really light-scale version of that. Maybe, maybe a huge step for you would be just reading a passage and journaling what you, you know, just really entrance-level stuff that's really good to start. But I remember how thankful I was that this is something I never, ever would have done but because of this course, I did it, and I fell in love with it. And then I remember a few years later uncovering Lexio Divino, which is kind of a historical, ancient way of studying Scripture, um, and really falling in love with just not having to read the whole book of Mark, but you can take passages of six to eight verses and really tear them apart and really believe that when you do that, the Lord is about to speak to you. Like something about anticipating when you read that He desires to speak changes the whole approach of Scripture. And so... First question to you, is this really ringy, ringish? Is it so much so that I should take it off or are you guys good? Just say, take it off, Josh. No? Don't do that. You have to, now you have to take that out of the podcast. This is the things. Okay, I can stay. All right. Um, I want to ask you to be honest about your approach to Scripture. What has influenced the way that you view the Bible? For some of you... For some of you, it's awful. What's influenced it? What's your approach? Another, another thing, maybe for some of you, there's really large questions, the Bible, and it don't seem to be quenched. And everybody in your past has said, don't ask tough questions. Don't ask questions about that. Don't ask questions about why God destroyed whole generations of people in the Old Testament, which if that does not just baffle you in some way, something's wrong maybe in, in humanity. That's just... There needs to be questions about that. You need to ask questions, you know, when things happen in Scripture, you know, when that it's okay. I'm saying that to say this is a place where if you have really large questions about the Word, you're safe here. You can have them and talk about them, and I'm not going to make you just not think about your questions. You know, I'm not, you're not allowed to not think about your questions, which is a lot of what evangelistic Christianity has done. Anytime you have a question, just keep it down, sit in the back, and shut up, Okay. Just read your prosperity books, because that's, that's evidently in the Bible, you know, and build your churches, but you can have questions, you know. I think questions lead to answers. I don't think answers lead to answers. Maybe they do. They probably do. Answers are answers. But I want you to question, and I want you to know that here, if you have big questions, it's okay. And so, RCC is a safe place. Really quick quote. Richard Foster says, the mind will always take on an order that conforms to the order of whatever it concentrates on. I'm going to read that again. The mind will always take on an order that conforms to the order of whatever it concentrates on. A easier way of saying this is our thoughts 
are products of our focus. And your mind and your whole persona can actually be transformed or conformed without you even knowing it. Um, Lathia really adamantly hated a country song that we would play just because Noah loved it. Um, Don't judge me for liking country, guys. There's a few songs I like, okay? All right, I went through phases. It stayed with me. Uh, and Florida Georgia Line is just super catchy. It's, some of y'all are like, I don't like it. Some of these hipsters over here are like, I don't like that. And they got it, in the, they got it on their phone, I promise. Um, so Lathy was always like, I do not want to hear that. What's the one, Cruise? Who knows Cruise? How does it go? Because I'm not doing it on here or I'll... No? Okay. So Lathy was always like, we do not like this. My wife's from New York City. She's doesn't enjoy country music. Don't judge her. She's just not at all into it. And so Lathy kind of picked up that. But I'd, I'd like see Lathy walking around the house and be like, baby, you saw you made me want to roll my windows. And I'd be like, Lathia, what are you singing, sweetie? I don't even like that song, Daddy. And she'd sing Dirt, the other one by them. You know, Nava is a cooler spiritual story because she'll walk around the house singing Good, Good Father. Like, there's three or four songs I play every day, and three of them are by that group. And she just walks around the house singing the wrong words, but you can tell it's good, good father. Even at a young age, you can see that whatever your central focus is or whatever you focus on and she's around me, it's, your mind takes it in. And so I used to read the passage in Philippians 4.8 and think, and you can go ahead and pull this up. I thought this passage was saying, quit thinking evil, stupid, and think good. That's, what I, that's how I read it because a lot of my thoughts were, evil and it's not just saying that so I want to read this to you really quick finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think on such things we asked our kids to have sots for the year this is Noah's sot he loves this he comes to me at night two minutes after he goes into his bedroom because he's already had a dream Daddy, there, Daddy, there's a dinosaur trying to get me in my bedroom. I'm like, dude, you haven't even slept yet. It's tricky, but who's to, know, who's to know? So one night I felt like the Lord was like, all right, what's some scripture? What's some scripture? All right, Noah, Philippians 4.8. Uh, let's, let's find out what it means. We read it together, and now I can ask him, you know, what's your, what's, your, what's your scripture for the year, buddy? And he'll say something that sounds like Philippians and then 4.8. Um, so ask him that, please. Y'all be like, scripture, Noah, what's your scripture for the year? But this passage isn't about stop thinking evil. It's, this is kind of talking into this idea that Richard Foster says, whatever your mind is always on, it's always on, well, you'll, you'll start to build kind of how you live your life around it, even, even if you don't mean to. Um, when, I, when I started to plan a church, I got, I got a bunch of books, not church planning books, um, and I wanted to read a few of them, but then I felt like the Lord was like, you need to read a few more that you wouldn't choose. So I chose one I really did not want to read at all. I was actually upset about having to read it. And I read this, like, genre of books that came from different streams. And it's a beautiful way to make sure that you're not kind of locking into one thing to build your life around and keeping open thoughts about what to build your life around. In Scripture here, I love that it's talking about not, you're a bad person, focus on good things. It's saying, we want you to understand, I want you to understand that if you can think on these things, then your life will start to kind of be built around it. And for us... That stuff is scripture, and it doesn't have to be, but that's where some of the main things throughout history have been given to us. So scripture's not bad. I'm going to say these things to you. Study takes focus. Study takes humility. 
Study is not simple, and you have to come as a student. Study, makes, study is an admission of humility, to say, I don't know, I need to know. You know, on the vacation we just went on for a couple of days to be with Sarah's family, I was having a conversation with her brother, and we were talking about in this season how angry people get about certain topics happening right now, how just mad people get and fiery. And we started talking about how if you really believe something and are locked into it and you're certain that it's true, you don't typically fight, right? You don't typically get overly, here's what you got to know because you're not going to be shaken if somebody disagrees, right? So what if like a lot of the things we're fighting for are just things we're afraid that we don't actually believe? That's a huge curveball. What if when we're fighting, it's, it's more an admission, I'm not even sure. I'm a little afraid to look at this. Because what if, you, if you're certain that you know, there's no need, there's no need to fight it, right? Here's, here's the info if you want it, okay? If you don't, then you could slap me or turn, I have to turn my other cheek and it wouldn't really be that awful. It'd still be terrible, but it wouldn't be that awful. Because study takes humility. Um, Richard Foster says that when you approach scripture, and there's two books we're really looking at right now. Um, the Bible, Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline, and then the, the one we're all doing together, which I can never remember the name, but I'm doing it. What's the name of that book? Sacred Spaces. So, is that it? Sacred Rhythms. <laughs> I'm going to write a book called What Not to Say on Sundays. All right. But... Um, you can study a book like you can study a person. And there's, if you're in counseling, um, there's three ways to kind of be a good counselor. And, and you can, Bill, you can shake your head or shake your head no if this is right or wrong. But listen to understand is the first thing you do. When you sit with somebody that's a human and you want to understand who they are, you listen to understand. You don't make quick judgments. You don't say, I know that I know the answer to this. You just listen for hours and days. And count, good counselors will do that for weeks at a time. Get all of your stuff out. Let me get the whole picture of you. That's the first stage. The second stage is listen for insight. Are there repetitions happening? Is there a theme that's happening in these conversations with this person? Is there a common struggle that's happening? Where am I seeing what words are being used? And the third thing is to listen for evaluation. This is the thing where you say, all right, I've, I've listened to understand. I've listened for insight. I'm noticing things now. What would be some takeaways from this? And a good counselor will wait until that point to really give that info, and it will be really helpful because they've studied the subject, they know the subject. It's not just quick fly-by-night stuff, okay? So you can study Scripture this way too. But the thing with Scripture is we don't study Scripture for info. We study Scripture for a relationship. Everyone say relationship. In that other podcast I mentioned, we talk about a Christocentric view of Scripture. It's life-changing. Whenever you read a passage that you're interacting with and being pointed to Jesus, Old Testament to New, what is Jesus in this? Where is Jesus in this? Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? It's, it's a beautiful way to look at Scripture, but it's always about reading for inner transformation and relationship. So if you can pull up 2, Tim, 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17, and then we'll go right into John 8. I want to read you a few passages. All scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And you can go straight to John. John 8, 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
So there's this idea of this having content that when we stay in it, or continue, one of the translations said, continue in my word, that there will be freedom. And so, um, really quickly, like, if you think about the Bible, so the Bible, who has a Bible in here? Who doesn't own a Bible? You can have one. Get your Bible apps. So think about the journey of this book. If this isn't just enough for you to want to read it, the journey of this book throughout time that's gotten to us, while there could be ideas that guys wrote this and it was whatever you think about how it happened, you know, the council of men that came together to say, this is canon, this is what it is. This book has gone through decades, centuries, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. It's gone through countries where if you have it, you'll be killed. Where if you, even today, there are countries where if you have it and are caught with it, you will be killed. It's gone through languages. It's, gone, it's been taken from people. Thanks to Martin Luther, it was brought back. You can read it on your own. This book, what, just, just this much info alone. Why is there such a stir about, if this is not real, if it's like the Koran, where you can actually read it in places you can't read this, which does not make any sense to me. Why is there such heat around it? Just that alone, without even being Christian, would make me go, I want to know why you're going to kill someone for having that. That Just that alone makes me want to go, what in the name of Jesus? See? Just that alone, the journey of this. Think about it. Like, And in John 1, it says that this is Jesus. So it starts to make a little bit more sense in my mind. Okay, if it's not just words on paper, but it's actual Jesus. Jesus is word. Word is logos. He is amongst us. He is living. He was there in the beginning. He's, if, if it's that, that makes more sense. If you just said it was a person, Jesus traveled through these countries. When he showed up, they killed him. They didn't like his religion. Like, if you talked about it like that, like, you know, Jesus sits on our bookshelf at home. That doesn't make as much sense, you know. Like for us, right, we all have 400 versions of it. We have access to it at all times. This is not where I make you feel bad for not reading. This is where I ask about your view. What's been tainted in the view? And what culture do you live in? It's not a value in America to study. Anything. It's not valuable to study. We celebrate those who do it in anything and become anything that means you had to actually take time to do it, but it's not a value. For me, it wasn't a value. I like things that could be done in one day. Give me something I can start and finish well and make it look pretty. So this is hard for me. I'm a pastor. It's difficult. But think of the journey that it went, that it's gone through time. It's crazy. And where it's going to go from here. Think about what's happening right now with this. What's going to happen with this? What are we allowed to say with it? What are we not allowed? Why? Why? Why this? Just that alone if it were anything else, if we weren't raised in churches where we had to do this, 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 and this, and you're a stupid kid if you don't do it, and you're a bad kid if you don't wear this, maybe if we weren't, and maybe that's some of your stories, maybe we'd be like, whoa. But just like Sarah said to me yesterday, the good news isn't the good news anymore. Please hear me say this. In the beginning, when Jesus died and resurrected, that was some good news. Now we talk about Jesus, it is typically not good news. Walk up to anybody on the street and say, hey, can I share with you about Jesus? What are they going to say to you or want to say to you? No, bro, I don't want to hear about Jesus because they've already heard the good news. And so it's got to be transformed, right, not changed. I love my brother. We were in Dubai. My brother loves to make awful situations even more awkward. 
And um, he'll just walk into groups and say, hey, I just would, and he's not like really adamantly going after Jesus, so it's not, it's not for spiritual reasons. He'll just be like, he'll just walk up to a group of people, hey, I just want to share, share Jesus with you guys. Is that okay with you? And just kind of record what happens, not really even desiring to share Jesus, but because it's so awkward, he likes it. That's, that's our good news. But here's the, here's the, so this is what it means. Whereas before, you could just share the story about a Jesus that comes to equalize and bring communities together that should have never been together. Now, we don't, we're not sharing about communities that are coming. Now we're trying to deconstruct what's been constructed. And so it looks better if we actually live it than if we talk it. And so the only way to know it is to know it, to live it. And so this illiterate generation of Christianity has to stop. And it has to stop by people actually jumping in and falling in love with it again. It cannot keep going by podcast Christianity. That's not gonna be enough. That's not gonna be enough when someone's struggling or about to die. That's not gonna be enough when someone wants to be prayed for for healing and you just don't even know if that's biblical. It's not gonna be enough when someone says, I want your Jesus, how do I get him? And you don't know how. This is turning into that sermon. (laughs) Listen, it's not enough. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. Maybe this is tapping into what made you already feel bad. I'm saying you have access and it's beautiful and he's trying to draw you into a conversation because the word is alive. That's another reason why I think it made it through because the word is alive. That makes sense. If the word is alive, it's kind of like seeping through where it can go. It won't go where it can't go. It's, it's invited and so in the countries, you kind of sneak it in. You know, I have family in this room that have snuck Bibles into countries like criminals for the Lord. Not really. <laughs> Stayed at five-star hotels, but we still were criminals for the Lord, you know what I'm saying? American Christianity. (laughs) Mission trips. You say there's a six-star hotel in Dubai? We'll just swing in for a couple weeks there. We'll do a day of mission work. Back to the Word. This is the stuff I listen to on podcasts I hate myself for. I'm like, I was driving something somewhere, lost. All for the sake of humor. Stop me when I do that, okay? This is more important. So here's my, here's my invitation to you today, and I'm, I don't want to miss a ton. What's the conversation that's been happening, and what's been the journey of this in your life? Okay, so like it's had its journey, what's been the journey in your life? What's its pattern been? Where did it enter your life? When did it become, that's probably real. When did it become, I'm a little mad when I read it? What's been the journey, and where today are you in this journey of this alive, living, active, double sword? Where are you at today? And honesty about it's always the best. Hiding what you feel, even if today you're like, Josh, I firmly believe, I don't believe half of that anymore. You could say that to me, and you could say it in private, you're not gonna get any judgment from me. I'm gonna listen to what you have to say, because you might share something that I need to hear, and you might share something that all of us need to hear. What we don't wanna do is be like, you shut your mouth. If you believe in Jesus, you will shut your mouth. I believe in Jesus so much that I, I don't have to prove this. He proves it. I give it and offer it, but this is his. This is him. I love him. I love him too much to make you have him. I love you too much to make you have him. If this is true, it will show itself true to you. That's the truth. And that's when it becomes beautiful again. And so, when I read the Bible, to me it's like having a conversation. I loved last week at our life group. We read a passage, the one we read last week. Um, and we went around and said, what jumped out to you? And it was different for everybody. It's different for everybody. For me, it was um, where your treasure is, there your heart, it's either where your heart is, there your treasure is, or where your heart, and we started walking through it, and God spoke to me right there. He was like, and it wasn't massive or like earth-shattering. He just said, 
your word in this passage is, is your heart. And I was like, okay. It seems like the, I wanted to have like the cool pastor, like I got a really good nugget, didn't have it, somebody else did. But then he said, in the follow-up, it was like, okay, that's the word I wanted you to land on. Where's your heart? I was like, oh, yep, just that little, okay, where is it, Lord? And then I started to interact, all right, Lord. Um, I'm not going to get super transparent, but it went down a transparent road. It felt good. So today, we're going to do, and if, um, James, Sheely, how you doing? Good to see you again. Could you, would you do me a favor and just tell Sarah we can have the kids come back in? Um, we wanted to include the kids on this communion in a moment, and I wanted to walk you guys through Lexio Divina. Everybody say Lexio Divina. Can you put that up there? Everybody say divine reading. All right, I'm going to read you something in a second, but here's, here's my blurb to you. What conversation is Jesus trying to have with you right now? What conversation is he trying to have with you? Not me, you. Recipient of God's grace, recipient of being able to hear, what conversation is he trying to have with you? And as I'm opening this up, you guys can open up your Bibles to Psalm 63. And many of you already love this passage. The reason I chose this passage was because today around the entire globe, liturgical churches, which is really not us, are reading this passage. So there are literally millions of people that in this time frame right now are reading this same passage. They're probably not doing Lexio Divina. Probably not. But they are reading the same passage, and I just think that's beautiful. I think that's neat to know that millions of people are reading it. So I'm going to follow you through. In our book that we're reading, not called Sacred Spaces, but called Sacred Rhythms, which if you desire to jump in and kind of tweak your study muscles, it's not hard to get the book, and we welcome you. And it's not super structured. It's Read a, read a chapter and share on, on the page we've created your thoughts about it. That's all it is. It's a, it's a way to help center study on some similar things. And I'm using Sarah's. Don't know what this is called. What are these? Yes. So, the first thing that you do, and I'm going to walk you through this as if you need it to be able to do it again, okay? Which is not usual for a Sunday morning. And then we're going to do it together, okay? Choose a passage, six to eight verses. It can be part of your normal reading plan, a passage you select for today, or a passage from the lectionary reading for this week. Use it to enter prayerfully into the Lexio process following our very detailed instructions to help learn the moves. First thing we're going to do, I ask you to close your eyes. I'm glad most of you are already part of our church. Um, <laughs> this is where you lose people. This is where people need to stay, though. So we're going to invite, we're going to invite the Lord on, in your own ways. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to take a moment to come fully into the present. With your eyes closed, let your body relax and allow yourself to become consciously aware of God's presence with you. Express your willingness or your willingness to be made willing to hear from God in these moments by using a brief prayer such as, Come, Lord Jesus, here I am, or speak, for your servant is listening. 
So I, I we'll take a moment of silence in just a second. As the kids come in, kids, as you come in, we ask you to sit with your families, and we ask you to keep, keep silent for just a little bit. We're going to lead you in something that's going to take about three to five minutes total, okay? So everyone else, keeping your eyes closed, take a moment of silence. Ask the Lord to be with you. Say things like, come Lord Jesus, here I am. Speak, your servant is listening. Now, as you read this passage, listen for the word or phrase that is addressed to you. Pausing between phrases and sentences, you may read silently if you're on your own. Today we're reading together. Or you may find it helpful to read aloud. Allowing the words to echo, resonate, sink in, and settle into your heart. As you read, listen for a word or phrase that strikes you or catches your attention and allow a moment of silence, repeating that word or phrase softly to yourself, pondering it, savoring it, and through pondering the words of a loved one. This is the word that is meant for you. Be content to listen simply and openly without judging or analyzing. I'm about to read. You're about to locate the thing that jumps out, okay? Psalm 63. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. second movement is oratio or respond what is my response to God based on what I have read and encountered we're about to read the passage one more time listening to your own deepest and truest response in silence after the reading allow your prayer to flow spontaneously from your heart as fully as you truly can at this point you're entering into a personal dialogue with God Sharing with the God the feelings the text has aroused. Feelings such as love, joy, sorrow, anger, repentance, desire, need, conviction, consecration. We pour out our hearts in complete honesty, especially as the text has probed aspects of our being 
and doing in the midst of various issues and relationships. Paying attention to any sense that God is inviting you to act or respond in some way to the word you have heard. You may find it helpful to write your prayers or to journal at this point if you would like. I'm going to read the passage again. Again, this is going to take a few minutes. This is good. Psalm 63. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night, because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Now, on your own, I would recommend in this spot to take much more time. The next movement in Lexio Divina is resolve or incarnatio to live out the word of God. As you emerge from this place of personal encounter with God to life in the company of others, resolve to carry this word with you and to live it out in the context of daily life and activity. As you continue to listen to the word throughout the day, you will be led deeper and deeper in its meaning until it begins to live in you and this word in the world in which you live. As a way of supporting your intent to live out the word you have been given, you may want to choose an image or picture or a symbol you can carry on. All right, so I just totally skipped one movement. <laughs> so I'm gonna read it really quickly. I'm gonna go back to it read, so just keep your eyes closed. It's called Rest and Contemplatio. Rest in the word of God. In this final reading, you are invited to release and return to a place of rest in God. You have been given your response. It's full expression. So now you can move into a time of waiting and resting in God's presence. Like the weaned child who leans against its mother, Psalm 131.2, this is a posture of total yieldedness and abandonment to the great lover of your soul. <coughs> Psalm 63. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. So just a last moment of silence. This is true resolve right here.
continuing with the thought that the Lord is kind of speaking to your heart, we're going to go into a time of communion. We're going to end our service with communion. And we're going to keep the space in the sanctuary open for response. And so if you want to talk or spend some time with people, we ask that you would do it out in the hallway. For those of you who just want to sit and meditate and worship and respond, this space is going to be for that for the next little bit. So Jill and Phil, would you guys mind coming to this side? And then Steve and Ann. At any moment when you would like to receive communion, you may approach and these guys will administer. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for Psalm 63. I thank you for John 1. I thank you for all of the many words that we get to just search and scavenge and and go through. And today as we um, approach the table that draws us to you and says you have a place, it doesn't matter what you come with. If you come thirsty and hungry with a desire, sit, eat, dine. As we come, we just ask that you would help us to fall in love with your word. Help it to not be a religious thing or, or a dictionary or an encyclopedia, but help it to be the entrance of a conversation. And I pray that you would put on every mind and heart as they leave today that when they read, you want to have a conversation with them. Help us to be studiers of the word, to know it so well that for the people who hate the gospel because it's been abused, that we have an in route, a loving in route that says we have something that can bring freedom. And Father, thank you for the spiritual disciplines and for a church that's willing to go into the awkward places for spiritual growth. All right, you guys won't hear from me again. You're going to be free to go now or free to stay. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.